Now, this is the stuff they don't teach in school, but you face on the daily, and it can literally destroy or make your career. Because whether you're a pharmacist, physician, or anyone in a leadership role, there is one thing they don't teach you that is an absolute essential, how to handle confrontation. The uncomfortable interactions that are unavoidable. As a healthcare professional, you will interact with a ton of different people from all different walks of life. And while you might have thought that taking tests ended when you graduated, you will be tested every day in your work with other people. Tested in a way that you were not exactly taught how to handle. Things like being insulted, being lied to, heated arguments, losing your self-confidence, imposter syndrome, how to handle someone that just lost a loved one. All of this and more are things that you will be tested on on an ongoing basis. So in this episode, I'm going to share antidotes to testy situations that you wish you knew before you found yourself in the middle of them. These are the six secret scripts to pass the tests you will face with people and how to pass them with humanity so that you can stand out in healthcare as a leader. It's time for the real talk on what really works in the real world. Here we go. Now, there is one differentiating factor between healthcare professionals who thrive in their career as leaders compared to those who go through their days complaining and bringing down the morale of everyone around them. And if you're listening to this, you're probably nodding your head because you know, or you are, one of those two people. And the difference stems from one simple agreement. It's not about you. Consider, just for one moment, a place that you're likely familiar with. The pharmacy. Now, let me ask you a very simple question. This, um, this is not a trick. What type of people tend to walk into the pharmacy to get their prescriptions, to get some medication counseling, or get some advice on over-the-counter options or treatment recommendations? Are these people coming in because they're super healthy and they're excited about their outstanding level of health and vitality who just had to stop from their day to share their incredible health report? Or are they people like the 25-year-old who after praying for so long for a husband and a family finally got pregnant? but had a miscarriage, who feels so hopeless and defeated that she is now overwhelmed with grief, something she has never experienced before. And now she's at your pharmacy counter and you are face to face with her. Or is it the 50-year-old man who is in shock because his wife just got hit by a car and has no clue how to manage their four kids that she was always tending to, their school and extracurricular activities. And he's stopping in to pick up 
her discharge medications on their way home from the hospital. And you are his last point of contact before he becomes the caregiver for the first time ever. Now, while these stories are from a pharmacy perspective, these situations, these unexpected blows from life can and do happen anywhere and everywhere. At the grocery store, in the mall, where you work, in your church, in your synagogue, in your mosque, or even in your own home. People are fighting battles behind the scenes that you have no clue about. And while, hear me, I am not saying that you should tolerate verbal abuse, act like accept treatment like you're a carpet, and have people walk all over you. What I am saying is that the reality of our world is that people are in pain. And if you work in healthcare, they are not there to celebrate their lack of pain. They are there oftentimes because of it. And a lot of times, they don't know how to deal with it. They are hurting. They are seeking solutions, which is likely what brought them to where you are. So when, not if, but when you encounter the following six tests in your profession, instead of getting offended and making it about you, see if you can shift your perspective to why they are where they are. Yes, boundaries are important. Yes, self-respect is important. But that area of pain before that line that you set for yourself, these are some of the antidotes to consider that may prove to be some helpful doses of humanity. This is the stuff we face that we're not really taught in school. So this is the real talk for what actually works. So I want you to really enjoy these because they are things that can make a total difference in your career. Test one, insults. Imagine it. You're at the pharmacy counter about to help a patient that's coming up to you and out of nowhere, the insults come flying at you. You're there trying to help the patient, and instead, you're met with a scowl and foul language. Instead of throwing that confrontation right back at them as a defense, do this instead. Pause briefly, and then ask a simple question. Are you okay? Now, notice what I said there. I said, are you okay? I didn't say, are you okay? Be mindful that your tone of voice is one of genuine concern and compassion and give a pause before and after to give some space for that to sink in. Sometimes, honestly, all it takes is showing someone that you care when they're in a place that makes them feel like no one cares. You would be surprised how a simple question allows their energy to shift towards sharing and opening up and being real because where focus goes, energy flows. And focus is directed by questions. 
The quality of questions you ask will directly determine the quality of care you dispense. Test two, lying. So you're in a situation at work and something went down. You've got the facts, you've got the witnesses, you've got the evidence for who's responsible and what they did. So you approach them and they lie right to your face. The antidote? Look into their eyes. Pause. Create a space for a conversation. Oftentimes, just that looking is going to elicit guilt and conscience will take over and bring the real truth to light. Now, a few things on this. Uh, this won't happen if you just come in guns blazing in the middle of like workflow and you've got you know your, all your colleagues around. Don't do that. Don't accuse or come at someone in front of other people. Be compassionate and be smart. Use some common sense. And I know that sounds simple, but in the moment, like if you found out something went down and someone was responsible, you'd likely initially be pretty upset. You'd be reacting instead of responding. So to make sure that you shift into a conscious response mode, be sure that you lead into that interaction with logic instead of emotion. If the situation has you upset, take some deep breaths before coming up with a plan. Be mindful not just of what you say, but how it is delivered. Test three, arguments. Now, let's say there's a really unlikely scenario <laughs> that someone storms into your pharmacy and accuses you of doing something that you know you didn't do. You documented your work, you checked your work twice, and without a doubt, you are certain that you made no mistakes. Yet, yelling and finger-pointing is what you're met with. Your antidote is to remain calm. The absolute worst thing that you can do is give the frustrations that you're facing right back to the person giving them to you. Or say things like, wasn't me, that's not my fault, not my problem. Even if it truly was not you, right now, you are in the argument. It might have been someone else, but you're here now. So you need to own it and resolve it. That's not to say throw yourself under the bus. It's saying to step up and own the situation. And this comes from a very simple law of life. Give that which you wish to receive. So if you want to create and have a calm resolution, you must give a calm resolution. So how do you think that screaming back and pointing back and blaming someone else or the person yelling at you is going to achieve that? The reality is that when it comes to arguments, they almost always stem from a misunderstanding of unclear communication. So own the situation and ensure that there is clarity on both sides. So keep calm, acknowledge that they are upset, 
and seek to understand them before you are trying to be understood. Listening and ensuring that you understand the reason they're upset and that they know you genuinely care and want to understand, that simple just intention diffuses more arguments than you can imagine. But you can only do that if you accept the fact that even if it seems like a personal attack, it's not about you. Pain gets projected. That does not mean it has to be accepted by you. But again, it's not about you. Test four, confidence. This is a biggie. This will be tested not just on the daily, but on an hourly basis at times. Now, I'm not talking about confidence in the sense of getting pumped up with temporary motivation. What I'm talking about is a clear commitment to knowing who you are, your true worth and value. These things do not come from accomplishments. They don't come from awards. And what other people think about you is not something to base this on. These things come from what you think about yourself and focusing on the truth with a capital T. All too often in our culture, the lines get blurred for where our source of significance really comes from and our self-worth from external sources, our performance, getting approval from other people, or people-pleasing. People-pleasing is such a big thing. I actually did a deep dive, two-part podcast on people-pleasing, where it comes from, and how to overcome it. So the links for that are going to be in the show notes. Those are episodes you definitely want to talk, listen to. You must ask yourself a very simple but very important question and be honest about it. Where are you getting your confidence? Where do you source your confidence from? If it's external, outside of you, that means it can come and go. And more importantly, that you have zero control over that. But if instead your source of confidence is internal, coming from you, and you focus on doing one simple thing, you can be in control of it. And that one simple thing is keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Because if you do that, you can control it. And you can build that, starting small and then staying consistent. Now, this is something that you can use in any scenario. Even if you're on hold at the pharmacy with the doctor and people are screaming. Like, you can literally get your confidence back. And here's how you do it. One simple way to reignite your confidence is having a posture of confidence. You can reignite your posture of confidence by realigning your posture as a person. How do you do that? Think about a really simple scenario. If you saw someone walk by you and you thought to yourself, wow, that person's confident. How do you know? Do you have some sort of ESP? No. You can see it by the way they carry themselves. Their posture their chest is out, their shoulders are back, and they're walking with intention. 
if you're standing still, because you're like, Adam, I'm on hold at the pharmacy. I can't walk around strutting my stuff. You can stand with a empowering stature of confidence. And this is what you do. You can simply put your hands on your hips. So if you're watching the video version on YouTube, like this, it might remind you of Wonder Woman or Superman because this is actually called a power pose. And this just isn't something that sounds neat. Research was conducted from Harvard University. Perhaps you've heard of it. And it's actually proven and shown that holding this position for just two minutes not only affects how others perceive you, but how you perceive yourself. By holding your body in a position of power, you get an immediate hormonal response. Your testosterone goes up and your cortisol stress hormone goes down, resulting in you feeling a calm confidence that not only you feel, but others experience. Test five. This is a big one, especially if you're in healthcare. Really, if you're just a human being. And this test is the test of grief, losing a loved one. Going through the loss of someone you love is something that you will experience both directly and indirectly from people in your life that you encounter. Patients, friends, colleagues, anyone you interact with. And I want you to pay really close attention to this. Grief is a very complex and individualistic process, meaning one size don't fit all. And those that are in that process tend to be highly sensitive to both words, what you say, and body language, what you say without words. So I was recently in a small group leaders meeting at my church learning about the topic of grief by our care and coaching pastor, Darren Bowers, who leads the Grief Matters group. So he's got a ton of experience on this, and he shared some profound doses of knowledge that I took and I want to share with you because it is so applicable to interacting with those who are going through the grieving process. Your antidote is very simple. Love. But how to dispense that is where we get so worried about saying the wrong thing or offending the person that we end up saying nothing at all, which can be perceived as not caring at all. So here is what to consider saying. First, I want to make it very clear what not to say. Because this is guaranteed to tick someone off that's going through grief. Never, ever, ever say this. I know what you're going through. No, you don't. Even if the scenario seems to be the same that you went through, remember, grief is a very complex and individualistic process. Instead, consider saying the following. I don't know exactly what you are going through, but I've had a similar experience, provided, of course, that you have. Now, showing compassion and empathy is huge, but do not feel like you have to save or solve anyone's grief 
You won't. Being a pharmacist is a position that is actually perfectly positioning you for this exact scenario. So if you haven't, you will encounter this, all of these. But this one is really, really, if you've never had this before, the first time you have this is going to be very uncomfortable. So I hope you hear this ahead of time so it prepares you. Because as a pharmacist, you are perfectly positioned for this exact scenario. Because one of the incredible roles that we play as pharmacists is connecting people who have a specific need with those who are qualified to meet that need or refer them to someone who is. It is not your job to save, but it is your job to serve. So be sure that you have a resource list made up of counseling centers, services, and licensed professionals in your area so that you can appropriately direct those in need when they need it most. Test six, staying consistent and following through on what you know is good for you. Let's be real. Can we be real? We all get motivated and inspired to change, to go after our dreams and all that stuff. But when life happens, it can be easy to slip into distractions, shiny object syndrome, and mistake busyness for progress. So in order to stay consistent, you want to make sure that you have a consistent source of encouragement and practical tools to keep you focused and help you moving forward to make progress on what matters to you the most. That is the whole reason why I launched the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast many years ago. I met, as I'm blessed to have met, literally tens of thousands of pharmacists and pharmacy students of all walks of life all across the world who are brilliant, genuinely compassionate people who are stuck in imposter syndrome, struggling with confidence, limiting beliefs, setbacks, making them feel disqualified and suffering in the silence who feel like they're the only ones who deal with it. If this content resonates with you at all, it's because you're not alone. (laughs) These are all issues that we all face. So I created this podcast as your solution to this sixth test, as a space for you to keep going, to keep growing, and create constant and never-ending improvement, to keep building the best version of you. And more recently, I launched the Pharmacist Growth Group, which is a free private community where I host challenges, I go live to answer your questions, and I have a space where you can connect with other pharmacists who want to grow and become the change that they want to see in their career. These are people not just standing by hoping things get better. They are taking action to improve and become the solution. So if you want to join that, if you want to be a part of the community in the pharmacist growth group, check the link in the show notes to join the community that has solution-focused pharmacists 
resources and tools for innovation. The truth is this, yes, you do have to do the work, but you do not have to do it alone. So check the link in the show notes and join the Pharmacist Growth Group today. So there you have it, the six secret scripts to stand out in healthcare. Now, with all of these scenarios and suggested solutions to consider, always follow the policy and procedure of your place of employment and code of ethics to be compliant with the support that they have laid out for you. Don't try to be a hero, and if you feel unqualified to handle a situation, reach out to your supervisor or HR department because here, here's a simple phrase that pays. When in doubt, talk it out with them. That's why they're there. That being said, these are the simple and effective solutions to consider for how to dispense a dose of humanity when you are tested out in the real world. So take these, go forth, and be a blessing to those you serve. Become a hope dealer and dispense your full potential. God bless. Yeah.